September 11th, 2023. How are you doing, kids? You are at jconthelinecom We should be back to a regular schedule now. I've been having so many, so much trouble with my throat and uh, just rehabilitating after this hip replacement surgery. Just really, really. Last week was a week that I do not want to relive. I just had to write off two entire days because the misery index was so high. You just look at yourself in the mirror and go, you know what? It ain't happening today. But uh, I think maybe we're starting to turn a corner here and uh, there shouldn't be any more major interruptions in the schedule. I don't want to get you out of the habit of listening to the podcast either because that would be an easy thing to do. So we're going to try and be a little more reliable here with regard to the issuance of the podcast following the radio show on 101.5 and 101.7 K-Wolf streaming at Wolf. Dot com. Look, I know it was a legitimate throat issue with Axl Rose. May have even been COVID. That's what they're saying. There were some stories going around on Friday afternoon, erroneous stories, that the reason the concert was postponed really was because the ticket sales were very, very lame. And they figured, now let's just postpone it. And maybe that gives us more chance to sell tickets if we come back like in a month or two. I double checked on that with the people who put the shows on. And they're like, no, that's not true. That matter of fact, ticket sales in St. Louis has been quite good. Now, this was a legitimate issue. He had been wherever he was uh, last week, the show right before the schedule one in St. Louis. Axel Wars was on stage explaining to the crowd that he was very hoarse. His throat wasn't feeling good, and he maybe wasn't feeling that good. Well, he got to St. Louis and then said, you know what? Ain't going to happen. So it was legit. But you know what? I still don't like him. I'm sorry. I just don't like this guy. I don't know. Some people think that this is sacrilege to say something like that about Guns and Roses. I've never been knocked out. I have never been knocked out. And I especially haven't been knocked out by him. Now, this is a very, very tight rock and roll band with what I think is sort of a mediocre singer. 
I'm not even planning about talking about it today. That's how little I care about Axl Rose. But I will tell you this. This is another one of those stories. We have been talking about this for a couple of months now, periodically. So here's what happens. There's a radio station in St. Louis, many of them actually, and they're playing music. And there's some guy or some woman in San Diego. And they're really, really successful doing their radio show in San Diego. So they're part of the same company as that. And this has been going on for 20 years. Somebody in St. Louis says, hey, we need a midday show. How about we pay you? And in addition to your morning show out there in San Diego, you record a show for St. Louis every day. It's called voice tracking. That is the name of the term in the industry, voice tracking. What it basically means is you share a computer screen out there in San Diego. You share a computer screen with the radio station in St. Louis. And there's all the songs and there's all the commercials. You can see everything right on the screen in front of you. And there's a system whereby you can go to a particular computer program and then say, let's say the last song before the commercials is Leonard Skinner. And then you just go, that's Leonard Skinner. How you doing, St. Louis? It's a beautiful day in the Gateway City. And that's loaded into the computer, and the computer knows when and how to play that. The only problem is that person who's doing that show may never have even set foot in St. Louis their entire lives. But this is uh, how it's done. And, you know, I'm a little more, uh, I guess you say, honest about things. You guys know that I moved to Florida about four years ago, and I spend as much time as I can in St. Louis, especially during the summer. I'm there a lot. But I have a 14-year-old, soon-to-be 14-year-old daughter who's in school. She's got to go to school somewhere, and that's the winter months, and you don't want to be in St. Louis in the winter if you've got a place in Florida. So she goes to school in Florida, and then a couple times a year, we come up to St. Louis, and especially in the summer. I mean, we were in St. Louis for the entire month of July almost. And I'm streaming the St. Louis television station here on my computers and other devices here so i'm always watching what's going on in st louis all the time i would venture to say that i watch st louis television more than the people i'm up against on radio who are in st louis every day i mean look at my social media i've got stuff posted on social media hours before anybody else you know why i'm not going to tell you why <laughs> but it's true. But here's the problem with that. Not only are these voice tracked shows recorded in other cities where that person doesn't know a thing about St. Louis, they're looking at the week and they're like, well, why should I work on Friday if I don't have to? The show is recorded anyhow, and I can see all the songs they have scheduled and all the commercials they have scheduled. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to record this show on Thursday, and then when I finish my show in San Diego, the show for St. Louis is already in the computer. I can take off for the weekend, which is what they do. It's only one problem. About 3, 4 o'clock in the afternoon, there's radio stations in St. Louis with people still going, hey, you know, you can still get tickets for tonight's Guns N' Roses show. It's going to be great and blah, blah, blah. There's only one problem. At 1.30, they postponed the show. But you can't have a show that was recorded 24 or 36 hours earlier sitting in the computer firing off voice tracks for something that happened on Friday when you recorded the show on Thursday. And there was a lot of that in St. Louis on Friday with people listening to radio stations where they're talking about tonight's Guns N' Roses show, except it had been postponed hours previous. People always think it's satellite and streaming services that have been damaging to what they call terrestrial radio, over-the-air radio. I mean, it has. It hasn't helped. But most of what's uh, happened to the disintegration of local radio is self-inflicted. 
It's greed and stupidity. That's what Stephen Hawking said was going to put an end to mankind. Greed and stupidity. He's looking pretty smart right now. I got feelers out all over the place on this Jimmy Fallon thing. I know lots of people, well, a couple of people who know him, and I haven't been able to get a hold of anybody yet, or maybe they're just not talking. I don't know. We know Jimmy Fallon drinks. Apparently, he's been drinking even more than people thought, and it's uh, sort of coming out in the wash and apparently being really mean to people and toxic environment. He's fallen all over himself to be apologetic to people. I don't know if it's going to be enough. You know, it's going to be interesting, too, because, you know, Jimmy Kimmel was talking about retiring right before the writer's strike, and apparently he's changed his mind now, but get the idea that Kimmel may not be long for his late-night show. You know, James Corden is already gone. Seth Meyers seems to be happy doing what he's doing. Colbert is kicking ass, and also Colbert is going to be producing a revamped version of the old show At Midnight that was on Comedy Central, and they're going to run that after Colbert's show on CBS. Chance late night television is going to start looking a little different again. If they ever settle this goddamn writer's strike, this is really, really getting old. Drew Barrymore, by the way, owns her own show and somehow is making the case for the idea that she wants to bring her show back, but it's not a scab operation. It's not in violation of the union. There are people in the union who are like, oh, yes, it is. And we'll see if Drew Barrymore, one of the more popular people in show business circles, ends up destroying that. Meanwhile, people are still pissed off with this Apple TV thing. The Cardinals were on Apple TV. You wanted to watch the game. There's a lot of people pay a lot of money for Bally's or for the MLB package or, you know, cable. You know, whatever it is that you use to be able to get the Cardinal games. And now it's Friday night. You figure I'm going to sit down with a beer and watch the Cardinal game. And you can't get it unless you subscribe to Apple TV. And a lot of people don't want to do that. And so they ended up not being able to watch the game. Bad news. It's on Apple TV again this weekend. So same situation. And the announcers are not very good. The statistics and graphics and everything are really, really annoying. You had a situation on Friday night. Nolan Arenado is up, and there's a runner in scoring position. And down on the corner of the screen, it says, Nolan Arenado's only got a 19% chance of getting an RBI here. I'm like, oh, good. Thanks. Well, I guess I'll just turn off the game and go watch bowling or something because he's incapable of getting the RBI right here. And I no sooner make a little mental note about that than Nolan Nolan Arenado smacks one in the left field, the run scores, he gets the RBI, and there he is standing on first. All this stuff, the launch angle and the speed off the bat, it's all nonsense. There are people out there who just don't think that baseball – is an interesting enough sport. And so they're trying to make it interesting by, you know, having all these stats all over the place. Not a, I'm not against statistics when they're relevant and when it's not annoying. But I'm watching the game. I don't need to be told that Nolan Arenado probably isn't going to succeed here. Can I just make that determination on my own? And, and let me just tell you something. Annoying is the word. That That's the perfect word. And also, don't get mad at the Cardinals 
Don't get mad at uh, anybody other than the people who are responsible for these games being on Apple TV, and that's Major League Baseball. There's a, there's a, a I don't know where people got this idea that it's the Cardinals. Oh, the Cardinals are just grabbing money. No, the Cardinals have anything to do with it. This is a Major League Baseball deal. Sounds like something to do, the DeWitts would do, but not in this case. And how you sign a contract for your cable or satellite provider or whatever it is that you're using to watch Cardinal games, and then they can just selectively yank a couple out and say, well, you can't see those. How are they getting away with this? And as far as tonight's game with the Buffalo Bills, who a lot of people think might be going to the Super Bowl finally this year, and then also, you know, you don't even have to be a huge football fan to know that Aaron, Aaron, has got his first game tonight as the pilot, if you will, of the New York Jets. Big, big Monday night football game with lots and lots of interest. Millions of people will not be able to see it. Again, unless you get online and you sign yourself up for an a la carte ESPN thing with Disney and ABC. Still no resolution in that stalemate. And to be honest, it doesn't look like there's going to be one. In fact, I'm not, I'm not going to necessarily go out yet and say that this is going to do it. But years from now, you might be able to look back and see what's going on right now with this ESPN versus, you know, you got ESPN and Disney and ABC on one side, and you got the satellite and cable providers on the other side, and they're not getting along. ESPN is missing from a lot of systems. You might be able to look back someday and say, this is the thing that turned the tables. Because you know, we're using the same business model we've been using for decades now, where the cable companies and the satellite companies say, oh, you want the food channel? Oh, that's great. Here, just take these 13 other stations you don't want, and then uh, we'll just give you a price for that. Like, but I don't want those stations. Oh, that's part of our package. Your package blows. So now with streaming, you know, you pay for what you want to watch and you don't pay for things you don't want to watch. The problem is they're starting to get that rigged too to the point where people figure, look at all this money I'm saving by cutting the cord. And that it's not that much of a savings anymore because everybody's raised their prices. And then, you know, some people cutting the cord because of all this because they're like, I'm so mad at ABC and Disney. I'm going over to Hulu which is owned by Disney, taking money from one pocket and just transferring it over to another pocket. But this bundle system could finally get broken up because of all this. We shall see. Last night's football game, if you listened carefully, you could hear the sound of network executives slashing their wrists. The big debut of Sunday Night Foot, 26-0 at the half, 40 to nothing. the final. Adam Wainwright is going to pitch again Wednesday night against the Orioles. There are only 19 games remaining in the regular season. I don't really care about this uh, Ashton Kutcher, Mila Kunis, Danny Masterson thing. Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis are taking major big-time heat from people because they wrote a letter to the judge, which you're allowed to do during the sentencing phase. Danny Masterson had already been convicted, and now they're trying to decide how long they're going to put him away for. So as is often the case in these situations, you go to your friends and your family members and you go, write something nice about me. They're going to read it in the courtroom, and maybe the judge was going to give me 30 years maybe now he gives me 20 i don't know will you do that for me and ashton kutcher and mila kunis did it for danny masterson because they apparently were all friends even after the the show went off the air well a lot of people have taken issue with that but it's easy to judge somebody because as i was talking about on the radio show this morning on k-wolf it's like all right i got a sister who's five years older than me now if she came to me and said i have something to tell you 
30 years ago, I did something that broke the law. The cops have caught me. They're going to convict me, and I'm going to get sent to jail. You're my brother. Will you write a letter to the judge during the sentencing phase that basically says, no, my sister is a wonderful person. What she did 30 years ago is not reflective of the way she is today. She's not a threat to society. And so, you know, maybe not in so many words, but you say, you know, could you go easy on her? I would still feel very bad for the victim of the crime. At the same time, I don't think my sister would kill anybody who didn't deserve it. Who didn't deserve it. But let's just say she did that and they're going to put her away. I'd write that letter. She's my sister. I mean, she tried to kill me a couple of times. But what sister at some point when you were kids did not come after her baby brother with an intent to kill, especially when you do something like spray paint her favorite Angora sweater. Oh, and by the way, one of Danny Masterson's accusers says Ashton Kutcher is, this is the quote, just as sick as Danny Masterson, and Mila Kunis should get therapy because of the way both guys treated her when she was a minor on that 70s show. She also she posted a clip from Punked where it was featuring Hillary Duff, who was underage at the time, and in his narration, Ashton Kutcher says Hillary Duff is, quote, one of the girls were all waiting to turn 18 along with the Olsen twins, end quote. Okay, it's a comedy show. And it's a bunch of guys in their 20s doing locker room stuff. And I got news for you. Those guys were not the only ones making jokes about waiting for the Olsen twins to turn 18. Every guy I know made a joke about that at one point or another. And then Hillary Duff, come on, come on. That little shortstop. There are women who don't know the definition of a spinner. And when they finally look it up and find out what it is, they're so disgusted. But it's just stupid stuff guys do and stupid stuff guys talk about. It's not hurting anybody, not helping, especially with your emotional maturation. But it's what guys do. You're sitting on the set of a comedy show. And by the way, an extremely avant-garde comedy show, punked, and you're making jokes about the Olsen twins. Big deal. But that, uh, that Hillary Duff thing cracks me up because remember this? Remember this thing I played from when she was on with Jay Leno? I think she was 15 at the time. And she had no idea what she was saying. The audience did, but she didn't. Now, now what, what kind of cars do you like? Do you like it? You, see, you, you seem like the little Honda type. Basically, uh, anything that has four wheels, yeah. but I'm obsessed with Hummers. Oh, the big, the, the big yeah, Humvee? For sure. Can you imagine her surprise when after that segment, her manager said, uh, let me uh, have a word with you. You might want to rephrase that from this point forward. Eric Clapton, tomorrow night, Enterprise Center. It's another guy whose music I enjoy less these days, knowing that he's not always been a very nice person. It's a shame, you know, you're supposed to be able to separate the two. I can't always do it. By the way, you know, his nickname is Slowhand. There's a lot of people who have no idea where that nickname came from. And apparently, the story goes that very early on in his career, he was doing some sort of live performance, and right in the middle of the act, one of his guitar strings breaks. And it apparently took him a very, very long time for him to get the new string strung up on the guitar, get it tuned, and start playing again. And so the nickname Slowhand was born, and that's where he got that nickname. I won my only 
Emmy Award for television on this date back in 1990. That spring training special, I talked the general manager of Channel 5 into letting me doing. JC went to Cardinal Spring Training and all we got was this lousy TV show. Won the damn Emmy. And I'll uh, try to dig up these pictures and put them up later because you probably should see the pictures. I was working at a radio station in Buffalo, New York, 40 years ago, and Robert Plant is going to be in concert that night. And so, as is often the case, or at least as was back in the 80s, sometimes they'd throw him in the car and start driving around to a couple of radio stations in the afternoon, trying to see if they can uh, drum up a little more last-minute sales. And sure enough, they bring Robert Plant into 97 Rock in Buffalo. Now, at that time, we had a receptionist by the name of Madeline Borden. And Madeline was probably one of the three or four best-looking women in all of Western New York, which was not a difficult thing to do, by the way. But anyhow madeline was our receptionist and if you could just imagine this scenario robert plant comes walking in the front door of the radio station his entourage behind him he locks eyes on madeline and madeline has a similar reaction in fact in her head she's thinking wedding dresses (laughs) okay and robert plant just looks at her she looks at him she stands up robert plant walks across the floor right up to the receptionist area grabs her basically by the side of the head and gives her like a uh, you know good uh, good night tonsillectomy at like four o'clock in the afternoon nobody claimed any sexual harassment back then like I said, I will attempt to find the picture of him and her. There were people arguing with me the last time I posted this picture of Robert Plant saying, that's not Robert Plant. I'm like, yes, it is. That doesn't look anything like Robert Plant. I go, I know for a period of time he had his hair in a way, that a style that, that was not typical for him. But trust me, I sort of know it was Robert Plant because I took the fucking picture. Don't argue with me. All of that just remarkably 40 years ago today is Terry Pendleton's home run at Shea Stadium, 1987. That was my first ever trip to Shea. And people said, oh, how did you like it? I go, well, you know, it's interesting. I looked around and everybody in the crowd that night looked like they had just been paroled that afternoon. I stand by that story. All right. As you know, on Friday, we did a special edition of the podcast because this being the anniversary of 9-11, went back and played all of that for you. It's a 25-minute edited down version of the eight and a half hours of coverage that we provided for St. Louis on that day 22 years ago. And that is up and will remain up on my website, jconthewine.com. It's Friday's podcast, and uh, we'll leave it there for a couple of days before it gets sucked into the internet somewhere. So that's been running all weekend, and I didn't want to do any more 9-11 stuff. Frankly, I'm 9-11 out, and uh, there's not any disrespect to anybody or any group or any concept or idea. I just think that this country has gone a little bit overboard on the 9-11 stuff, and so much so that if you're one of the infidels sitting on the other side of the world and you're watching CNN and you're watching all these people standing there still blubbering, all we as Americans are doing are impossible empowering those people there's nothing wrong with anniversaries and memorials and reading the names of the victims and never forgetting nothing wrong with any of that but you don't want to give the enemy the satisfaction of knowing that 22 years later we're still acting like we've been disabled by the attack don't give them the satisfaction sort of time to move on i think 
Anyhow, what I'm going to play for you now is something I apologize. I played this a couple of months ago, so if you already heard it, my apologies in advance. But I think everybody is familiar with the emergency broadcast system. You know, going back to when we were little kids, a lot of us were like, this is a test of the emergency broadcast system. If this were an actual alert, you would have been instructed where in your area to tune for news and official information. This is a test. You know, and then you hear that, and this is something that the broadcast industry and the government put together back in the 1950s during the Cold War because, you know, we thought there was a possibility, a real possibility, that we might get attacked by somebody like Russia or, you know, the Cuban Missile Crisis, all that sort of stuff. And so it seemed like a pretty good idea. But remember the uh, Rob Reiner movie, The Sure Thing? It's sort of like a, uh, <laughs> it's sort of like an adolescent version of planes, trains, and automobiles where John Cusack and this woman he's trying to hit on end up in practically a cross-country thing, and things keep going wrong. Anyhow, towards the end of the movie, they're standing there in the rain, Cusack and this girl. They have no car. They have no transportation. They have no money. They got nothing. And they're just sort of standing there at the side of the road, just completely fucked. And all of a sudden, she says, wait a minute. Wait a minute. That's right. My parents gave me this. And she pulls out a credit card. He's like, you have a credit card? And she sort of pulls it back. She's like, no, oh, they, they said it could only be used in emergencies. And very sarcastically, Cusack's character says, well, maybe one will come up. So with that in mind, think about this. That emergency broadcast system that we've been dicking around with since the 1950s, on 9-11, it didn't go off. It didn't go off on 9-11. So if it didn't go off on 9-11, what would cause it to go off what would have to happen it's me it's the sports monster steve schlanger mark close we're doing the morning show together and i look up on the wall and we're talking about this all the years i've been in broadcasting there's always been this you know emergency broadcast system thing stuck on the wall i've never ever once in my life opened it up and looked inside let's do that at one point you'll hear we even called our engineer at the time a guy by the name of mike raftery who was trying to help us out unfortunately i think he started started to see his life passing before his eyes or at least his career also our producer at the time john john Kennedy. Vera is in on this traffic reporter Lance Hildebrand because I, I don't think we were supposed to have done any of this on the air but as far as I'm concerned all bets were off when on 9-11 the goddamn thing didn't go off so I, I think I should be able to ask some serious very pointed questions about this so Here's how that sounded. Well, while that song was playing, this is one of my favorite topics, the emergency action, what the, it used to be called the emergency broadcast system. The EAS. The now it's called the emergency... Alert system, I guess? Yes. Alert system. Yeah. Okay, now, what happens is a little light goes off on the wall, and a little piece of paper comes shooting out of a slot down beneath me here. There are some that just, they're like little tests. This is a test of the emergency action system. You've heard all that right. stuff before. But this one is different. This one actually takes over the radio station. If you don't, if you don't press, you can play it now if you want. Yeah, you can set it up and play it when you want to. But if you don't, it'll automatically. It'll do automatically. It. It'll seize the signal. I want to see it seize the signal. I believe it's five minutes. Five minutes. Five minutes. So this thing hit it. I thought this thing hit seven thirty-two. So it should have taken over already. Fifteen, maybe then. Maybe it is fifteen. <laughs> I'm not sure. All right, two and a half like hours. Some. Are you sure it's a test? You sure it's, it's not? A, it's a required or, monthly or, test. You should explain what this is for, too, because people listening... This is for nothing. No, it's this not... This is for the government to make you believe that somehow, if we're attacked, that somehow the radio station... Ah, Jesus, what now? Hello, you're They're, on the air. Hey, it's Joe. Hey. It's 15 minutes. 
15 minutes. It is 15. Minutes. Okay. Yeah. So if I don't, so what time did it come across? 732? Uh, it's on receipt. or something like that. Yeah. So actually it looks like in about over there in the- one, two, three, four, maybe in about three to four minutes is when it will Some seize. kind of bizarre way of making you think that the, if there really is an emergency yeah. that we'll actually stay on the yeah, air to warn you about stick it. around. Right. You know? Right. And so this, long. This is, Sorry. This is a bunch of crap from the government that makes you think that somehow if, if, if uh, Saddam Hussein loses his mind and launches a scud right. in this direction. Right. That somehow the radio station is going to be in a position to help your ass out. Well, see, this goes back to earlier when you were talking about grocery stores. Here's the difference: you don't get emergency hey, alert systems. Hey, Joe, Schnucks. Joe, this one ought to be good. Okay, close you know, is going to compare grocery stores to being to being attacked in a nuclear holocaust. If you were going to Schnucks and all of a sudden we would be attacked, I doubt very much that the guy would going to go. Uh, attention in aisle seven, we're being bombed. They're gone. But since we're a government but aisle agency, six is okay. Aisle six, you're they're cool. Just, they're just going after produce. Everybody, <laughs> everybody, get to frozen foods immediately. It's just, it's the difference because we Take are cover all in the dairy Sinan section. Hussein cannot grow cauliflower in the sand. We are so he's coming after our cauliflower. <laughs> we are owned and operated by the government, basically. Okay. And that's what it's all about. All right. So seven thirty-two is what time this thing came by. So what you're basically saying is, sometime in the next ninety seconds, Joe. Uh, yeah, basically. Sometime in the next 90 seconds, what's going to happen? I'm going to be talking, all of a sudden, just going to cut us off? Uh, yeah. What happens is it, it uh, seizes the air chain. It right. seizes the Which air chain. It, it kills all of your stuff and just right. goes straight into the air chain. So I could be in the middle of some bit of hilarious comedy. Yeah, what are the odds? Go ahead. And the, <laughs> and the government is just going to butt in on the show right? Yeah. and start talking. It's because yeah. they own the signals. They own the airwaves. We they don't. can kiss my ass. Well, <laughs> they could they probably do that if they wanted to. <laughs> what, Joe? Well, the whole idea is they give you 15 minutes to own it yourself. Right, right. You know, like 15 <laughs> minutes to own it yourself. <laughs> that's a, Joe, that's an interesting perspective. <laughs> you are in control of your own destiny for 15, 15 minutes. After that, the government takes over and then they say, we're coming in. Big Brother is watching. Okay, now it's if, if they don't interrupt within the next... 30 seconds, then, then, then they ain't going to do it, and the system doesn't work, and that means we're being attacked. Is Joe, are you sure this is, <laughs> is this the monthly today? Yeah, it is. Okay, I, so. Uh, one of our sister stations already called me about it. Oh, <laughs> it's so funny because you'll be talking. You'll be talking, all of a sudden it goes tick, 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 and you hear this little ticking noise, and you're gone, so. It's kind of right. like when the sale goes through. Yeah, exactly. That's a <laughs> they, they sort of seize the signal and yeah. do what they want. Except this is only monthly, and the yeah. sales go through more often. Actually. Actually. They're going to give us 15 minutes, too. <laughs> yeah, your 15 minutes is up, buddy. That's right. Change the format. Tick, 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 tick. We got two minutes. Two minutes. There are two minutes remaining. We're going to DEFCON 5. That's right. Yeah. Don't be alarmed, ladies and gentlemen, wonder, when this happens. Could it possibly have had anything to do with the changing of the clocks? 27 people were injured this week after they were told to spring ahead and fall back. All right. <laughs> we, don't, we don't know anything. All right. Exactly two minutes. Exactly, we have exactly two minutes. So now here's Mark with the news. Uh, oh, quick. Uh, this is the way to do it. Here's your alert. This is the way to this do it. This just in. Bend over, grab your ankles, kiss your butt goodbye. That message from the EAS. That's all I'm telling anybody. So, so now, Joe, just so that people who are listening to this have some idea what we're talking about, in the event of an actual emergency, how would this system that is going to interrupt us sometime in the next 90 seconds... Minute 30. How would it help us? John John, all of a sudden, is the Secretary of Defense. <laughs> John John thinks he's in war games. I'll be in the bunker if you need me. See you later. I have thermonuclear impact in 30 seconds. We have, we have Joshua sitting here. <laughs> what, uh, how is this supposed to work in the event of an actual emergency? Uh, well, there's like codes and things. Yeah. If you look at the EAS... We have, we have code words. 
You open it up, and we, there's special to, code words. Where are the code words? It's not to be open until an actual that is, that is One correct. minute. JC what? has to open it, and then Close has to verify it. You're supposed to know. Yeah, that's right. We crack the little plastic <laughs> thing. We each have a key to the men's room. The that's where we go verified. and hide when we get bombed. What happens if I open it now? What are they going to do to me? Oh, oh, I don't know. <laughs> All right, the air raid has begun. 45 <laughs> seconds. Close has the con. That's right. <laughs> Close has been, That's what it is. Close has been conning people for years. Better believe it, pal. Yeah. Built what? a career on it. Am I supposed to know how this works? 30 seconds. And you better learn pretty fast. you got 30 seconds. Right. The entire St. Louis area So is in the event of an actual emergency, Joe, what would happen? 15 seconds. Uh, I can answer that. Hmm. Be quick. All right, Mark, you answer it. Go ahead. You'll be given code words Ten. to Who's verify. You, we, there are code words in the studio. In the book. Where? To, Five. That's back in the book for the EAS. <laughs> to I love you all. It's been good working with you. <laughs> yeah. Love See you, you later. Love this is the required monthly test. This station serves the bi-state St. Louis operational area. <laughs> Somebody get me to a hospital. I'm getting the hell out of here. They obviously recorded that guy next to the surf somewhere. What's yeah. all that noise in the background? Right. Now, Joe, I go back to my original question. How is that supposed to help me? That there? <laughs> that would help you, but if there's a real emergency, they'll, like, send some other message along with it. They'll send some other message. <laughs> they, they, assume, they assume we'll stay here to read Talk it. Yeah, that is exactly, exactly correct. <laughs> like assume I'm, you're in there to read it within 15 minutes if there is a real emergency. Mm -hmm. That's going to happen. Yeah. And, uh, and the, the whole thing close is talking about the code. That's just to make sure it is a real emergency. That's uh, You verify whether it's a real code or but, a real but, emergency. But are you trying to tell me that somewhere in the studio there's an envelope, and yes. inside the envelope there's like a code word? Yes. Yeah, yes. Yes. book. But, sure now, is. but now, if I open, if I go to that envelope right now and open right. that up, what happens to me? Oh. I don't know. Oh. Oh, it can't be an envelope. It has to be a case where you crack it. It's a, what it, Read what it says in the front. It says it's authenticator words. EAS authenticator list right. for official use only. Do not open until needed to authenticate actual emergency messages. And it's got a different word for each month. Note the authentication words received on the message, e.g. Alpha Golf. Ooh, cool. Open Bravo the red, one. That's army talk. Open the red envelope. Proceed down the column of the current month to the appropriate day noted, being careful to dodge the missiles. That's right. <laughs> in the message and compare the words received in the message against the authentication list. If they match, you have an authentic message. Test authenticator words are listed below. Note the authentication words received in the message, Romeo, Juliet. Cool. This is like Crimson Tide. Cool. Compare the test authenticator words in the month received in the message against the words. this is funny, words. don't you guys? Yeah. This is serious. Against <laughs> the words listed below, if they match, you have an authentic test message. I don't have the slightest idea what I just read. And, you don't and, need to know. And with Scud missiles being launched at me, I'm going to be sitting here going, all right, Alpha, Alpha, <laughs> Golf, <laughs> Romeo, Romeo and Juliet. Wherefore out there? What, it's because it's a verification mm. so that they know you're not getting a false alarm, right. a we're, false alert. We're in the month of April. There's no station in St. Louis. We wouldn't want to do a false nuclear no, alert or anything. No. Okay. And then the termination word is Foxtrot Charlie. What okay. the hell is going on? Suddenly, it's too obvious. Though. Suddenly, it's like an episode of. I mean, if I was going to write a fake warning, I'd put Foxtrot Charlie because <laughs> it seems like an obvious code word. Especially now that we just broadcast. Yeah, thank you very much. <laughs> now that, thank you, Joe. Was I not supposed to do that? Every Probably fact's not. Probably, in. Not. Probably, Probably not. not. On that note, uh, I got to go. <laughs> <laughs> Engineering is bailing out, ladies got, and gentlemen. He's got resumes to send out. There's nothing on here that says I can't read it. I could have read last month, and then we wouldn't be any... JC, there are four men in black suits and sunglasses right. with large guns at the front door looking mm -hmm. for you. What if, else is new? If they're like the earthquake or if there's a big storm coming in, they also give you an EAS alert. 
and you can get on the air and say, we are There's having no a scooter public. The, I'm hiding under the counter. And yeah. the ultimate design is also to allow the president from the White House to be able to override programming on every radio station in America. That's right. And address everybody simultaneously. And there'll be like one station that will stay on the air within this like <laughs> three-state area. You know what station that yeah, is? Yeah, I can just imagine. There you go. W-E-W? That's it, baby. <laughs> 1,000 red-hot watts. Can't stop Glenn Miller just course, for an emergency. It's a, it's a daytime station, so we get bombed at night. We're SOL. You know Oops. what ain't Help. Bad planning. <laughs> Our bad. Well, that's not even fair. What do you mean it's not fair? It's not even fair that they should be on the air. But you because, know why they do that? Because you know what would happen if there was a real alert and they said, all right, all right, guys, here's the deal. Every radio station is off the air. KMOX is the only station on the right. air. You guys are it. You have to save St. Louis. One by one. Heart attack, heart attack, heart attack, <laughs> heart attack, heart attack. Seven, <laughs> seven guys piled up in the hallway would look like Jonestown. But they all got, they got, all, the, they got, all, the, funeral, they got all the funeral homes on the air anyway, so they're working trade. I mean, that's part of the deal. Kudis just backed up a giant meat wagon to one memorial drive and starts hauling and starts, and starts dragging guys out by their ankles. They're throwing the corpses off the third floor. All right, here's they're another just, one. They're using a pitchfork. They're just like, where goes another one? Here's another guy from Continuity. Take him too. Body uh -oh. stacked up like Jonestown. Your government dollars hard at work. And now, hardly, you know, after COVID, hardly anybody comes in to work at the radio stations anymore. Everybody has their own studios at home. Station could be on fire and you wouldn't even know about it. <laughs> which, which were a couple of stations I was at, that would have been a good option. All right, well, that's it. I've given you this nice, safe sense of security time to go back on the air tomorrow morning 5 30 to 10 on k wolf 101.5 st louis 101.7 west and streaming at kwolf.com we are available to you via email jc at jconthewine.com facebook the showgram with jc corcoran in the words of tim russert go bills in the words of jc corcoran go find some place to watch a damn game because it's blacked out almost everywhere and in the meantime we've beaten this one to death have a good one see you later back because they own the signal they own the airwaves we they don't can kiss my ass we well, then. The J.C. Corcoran Podcast.